one of my clients gave me this phrase, which I really love. You know, you can't go to the client store and buy a client. You can't go to the revenue store and buy revenue. But what you can do is you can figure out the actions that are in your control to create the conditions where it's more likely that you get clients, create the conditions where it's more likely that you grow your revenue. And those are the levers that you focus on. You're listening to The Breakdown with me, Chris Clearfield. The Breakdown is a podcast where we connect with business owners and experts to hear their perspectives on this crazy, complex world. I'm your host and fellow learner, and I'm glad you're here. Hello and welcome. This is the second edition of my Coaching Moments segment on this podcast, The Breakdown, with me, Chris Clearfield. And today I'm going to talk with you about something that a lot of my clients struggle with, and frankly, sometimes I struggle with too, which is how to set goals, how to set effective goals, how to set goals that are both ambitious but achievable, because I think that's a real that's the real balance that we all work with. And before I talk to you about the way that I think about goal setting in a productive way, I'm going to just mention the couple of ways I think that people often approach goal setting that isn't very productive. Uh, one of those ways is the kind of, um, I think of the sort of the, the, the bullheaded way of doing it, which is just you set a goal and then you just sort of charge towards that goal and you keep pushing towards it without regard with uh, without regard to how practical it is, without regard to how it affects your team, and without regard to how it affects you and, and the people around you. And I think this is a challenge in a couple of ways, because one, if you don't succeed at setting your goal, then uh, you can end up being really down on yourself and, and really, um, yeah, sort of have lots of self-talk, lots of negative self-talk. Um, but even when you do succeed at setting these kinds of goals or achieving these kinds of goals, you can end up in a position where almost the kind of the the cure is worse than the, than the disease. If you push so hard at something, um, eventually it will snap back and it can have these these consequences that you didn't think about in terms of how it affects others and and how it affects yourself. So I think that it's important to set ambitious goals, but I think it's also important to set realistic goals. And I think, um, you know, there's folks that I've seen say things like, well, if, you know, if you if you set a goal for a year, then it's going to take a year to reach. If you set a goal for a week, then it's going to take a week to reach. And I just really don't buy that. I think there's different goals that have different time scales. And I think it's important to be kind of sensitive to that and, and breaking things down in a way that that makes sense and ends up being practical because again otherwise you'll just end up in that situation that that I've ended up in and I've seen lots of my clients end up in where they're, they're the kind of consequence of not meeting their goals is this sort of negative self-talk so that's one approach that I think doesn't work uh, another approach that I think doesn't work super well is what I think of as the the balloon approach to goal setting and that is you just take what you did last year and you expand it by 10 percent you take the number of clients you you serviced last year, um, and you kind of expand that by 10%. You take the revenue you had last year, you expand that that by 10%. And I think this isn't a great way of setting goals either for two reasons. One, um, 
how to put this, the, you know, you, you can't go to the client store and buy clients. And this is something that, that my coaching clients hear me talk about a lot. And I'm going to talk specifically about this today. You really have to think about what's in your control and what's not in your control. And so just setting a sort of blanket goal to get 10% more clients or 20% more clients or to grow your revenue, it's not really an actionable item. It's specific and measurable, and it may even be achievable, but it's not really a goal in, in that you can't you can't do it. You can't action it. It doesn't tie into the activities that you have. And the other thing I think is important about this, or the other thing I think doesn't work about this kind of balloon expanding way of goal setting is that, you know, as you grow and scale, you really want to put in systems in place to help you do things better. And so just serving 10% more clients if you don't put systems in place, that's just going to mean you're 10% busier. And that's not necessarily a helpful or a healthy place to be. If you want to serve 10% more clients, you've got to put infrastructure in as part of that. You've got to build systems as part of that. And so I think this balloon setting way of this balloon expanding way of, of setting goals, you know, just kind of blowing more air into the system doesn't always connect with the, the actual activities that need to change as you grow a practice, as you start to service clients in a different way. So those are two things that I think don't work super well. I'm going to talk about the three pillars of goal setting that that I think about when I'm working both with my firm's own goals and, and with those of my, my coaching clients and the coaching clients that go through my goal setting course. Um, the three pillars are feelings, focus and control, and this kind of cadence of follow-up and accountability. Um, and a lot of people are surprised that I start with feelings as one of the pillars of goal setting. And the reason that I, the reason that I do that is because the science is really, really clear about the way our emotions affect us, the way our feelings affect us. And, and they can affect us in, in two very distinct ways. If we actually work with our feelings as we're setting goals, then we can be in a really beneficial position where we are thinking about the way we want to feel. We're thinking about the way we want to help our clients feel, bringing them clarity, bringing them calm. And in doing that, we can actually use our emotions to motivate us, to motivate us towards growth, to motivate us towards expansion, to motivate us towards setting goals that are really effective and are going to be sensitive, not just to, again, that end number that we want to get to, but also be sensitive to the building the processes and, and systems in place so that we can feel the way we want as we achieve the goals that we want. So I think of this as, as emotions as a kind of pull towards achieving our goals in a really positive way. But the other way that feelings interact with goals, in my experience and in my view, is we can really get stuck on them. We can be uh, have fears that we're not aware of. Um, sometimes even fears of being successful. We can have fears of taking risks. And if we don't address these as part of the way of setting goals, and, and I'll link to a resource that uh, I use with my clients in the show notes, if we don't address these as a way of setting goals, then we can end up in a situation where we are getting stuck without even knowing why we're stuck. So we write down a goal. We've, we've got all the, the pieces in place. It seems, you know, it's a smart goal. It's measurable. It seems achievable, but it's ambitious. Um, but 
if our feelings are in the way, we're going to come up with reasons to procrastinate. We're going to come up with reasons to work on something else. And so for me, feelings is a working with emotions is a really important pillar of of effectively setting and executing ambitious goals. Um, the other thing, the, the next pillar is focus and control. And, and these two things go together in a way that they really help us determine our way of working together. So when I think about focus, I think about what are really the few things that say in the next quarter, in the next year, if you're thinking about your longer term goals that you want to have in place that will really make a difference in your practice, that will make a difference for your clients, that will make a difference for your professional life. What are the handful of things that if you really move the needle on will have a big impact? And that's a really important place to start because we all exist in these worlds where there's millions of different things we can do. Even if you narrow down on a specific area like marketing, you can market on Facebook, you can market on LinkedIn, LinkedIn, you can market with AdWords, you can market with all these different things, you can write blog posts, you can be on Twitter, all of this stuff, and it's overwhelming. So the first thing to do is really focus. And one of the ways I help people focus is by helping people uncover what I think of as threshold questions which are what are the things that, that you need to have in place so that you can continue to move your business or your career or your, your professional life forward? A threshold question, if you run your own law firm, say, might be revenue. You might need a certain amount of revenue so that you can hire the people that you need to hire, work with the people you need to work with, have the infrastructure that you need to work with, and pay your expenses that you need to pay. So having a certain amount of revenue is a threshold question. Uh, just as an example. So this combination of focus and threshold questions, I think, can really help going from this whole universe of possible goals to a handful of narrow achievable goals. The next thing is control. So as I mentioned before, and, and one of my clients gave me this phrase, which I really love, you know, you can't go to the client store and buy a client. You can't go to the revenue store and buy revenue. But what you can do is you can figure out the actions that are in your control to create the conditions where it's more likely that you get clients, create the conditions where it's more likely that you grow your revenue. And those are the levers that you focus on. So if you're thinking about clients, it might be a form of business development. It might be a form of improving your network for referrals. It might be a way of improving the testimonials you have. It might be a way of attracting clients in a different way whether that is through ads or through search engine optimization or whatever. Or if you work in a firm, if you work doing something where some of those things are kind of outside of your control, then it might be just what are the other folks that you talk to? What are the, you know, what are the things you can control so that you can create the conditions that make it more likely for, for you to be able to succeed and achieve your goals. And this really ties into this objective and key results framework, which I, I'm, I'm a big fan of because it really takes, you know, the kind of objective, the sort of higher level thing and lets you break it down into some key achievables that if you do achieve these, increase the probability of your success. So focus and control, that's the second pillar. The final pillar is follow up. So once you set your goals, they don't go on a shelf somewhere. They are a living, breathing document. If conditions change, you should change your goals. 
It's 2020. We're right at the end of 2020 now. I think this is a great time to be thinking about goals for 2021. You know what? Conditions changed a little bit in 2020. So if you kept doing the same things you did before the world shut down in a pandemic, then you were likely less successful than you would have been if you were able to pivot and change the way that you were working. Um, so goals have to be living, but you also have to come back to them. You know, I, I look at my goals all the time in, in the form of OKRs is how my team structures them. And I'm looking at them to see, okay, what is it that I need to be doing this week to keep the keep moving things forward, to keep pulling the levers that I need to pull to make it more likely that I'm going to achieve the objectives that I'm responsible for this quarter and that the company is is going after this quarter. So using goals as a reference, that's one of the parts of the, one of the most important things of the follow-up pillar as I think about it. The next thing is this caden the cadence of accountability. And, and this is an idea that I think this phrase comes from a book. I don't remember the name of the book, but it, it comes from a book that uh, Cal Newport references in Deep Work. And I think that this cadence of accountability is a really important concept. And it really is just going back and, and seeing what's working, checking in, not just referencing your goals, but seeing what are you actually achieving? What, what are you doing? And do you want to modify things as you go on the fly? Um, and by, by really having a way of reviewing your goals on a weekly basis and using that to drive your activity, you're also going to be using that to reflect and, and build in some, some adaptability into your goals. And then the final thing uh, in this follow-up pillar is reflection. So at the end of a quarter, at the end of a goal-setting cycle, really take a step back and reflect on what worked and what didn't work and what you want to try differently. And notice I said a goal-setting cycle. I find it most useful and, and the structure I use with my clients is to set goals for a specific period of time and then basically revisit them from scratch every quarter. I think quarterly is a really good cadence for most people, most teams, most businesses. So what does reflection mean? Well, it's it's really thinking about what are the patterns that you're seeing? What is working and what's not working? What of your practices are serving you and, and what's not serving you? And so I'll give an example from our own work in, in reflecting on the way that I set goals and that my firm was going after goals. We realized that continually after two or three quarters of doing this with my team, we realized that my <laughs> goal setting approach was way too ambitious, very unrealistic and was pulling people in too many directions. And so I know my limitations and I know my superpowers and they are to be bold and ambitious and, and have a vision. And so what we've done to modify our process is, is bring in my teammate, Rain, to check my ambitions, to push back against them in the goal setting process. So we are setting clearer, more actionable, kind of cleaner goals that are no less ambitious, but are more focused. And that's something that came out of our reflection together on what was working and what wasn't working. So I hope you found this useful. The three pillars of goal setting is something that that I work with my clients on. If you go to the, the page for this podcast, and we'll include a link in the show notes, um, then you can download a, um, a worksheet that will help you work through the first part of the pillar, the, 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 the emotional part of goal setting, because I think that is the one that is 
kind of least represented in the world. And so, again, thinking about emotions and feelings, thinking about uh, focus and control, and then thinking about follow up. Those are really the three pillars that I think help make uh, a really successful approach to goal setting. So thank you for your attention. And I hope you found this useful. Thanks for listening. To stay in the loop about new episodes and to be eligible for my periodic book bundle giveaways, sign up for the breakdown newsletter at chrisclearfield.com giveaway. So what's this giveaway? Every few months, I bundle together three or four influential books, often written or recommended by guests from the show, and I give them away to a few lucky listeners. I'll include a signed copy of Meltdown, and because I'm friends with many of my fellow authors, I try to get their books signed as well, so you definitely don't want to miss out on that. Go to chrisclearfield.com giveaway to get on the list. Finally, join your fellow listeners, subscribe to the show, and share it with your friends. And if you love the show, give us a five-star rating in your favorite podcast app. Even one extra review helps us get an edge on the algorithm so more people can find us. And before we roll the credits, remember, if you're a business owner ready to transform your business and your life, find out more about my approach to coaching and sign up for a free intro session at chrisclearfield.com slash make the leap. That's all one word, make the leap. The Breakdown with Chris Clearfield is a team effort. The inimitable Rain Avant is our assistant producer and makes everything run smoothly. Gabe Turner and Claire Skinner help make the amazing content here and on my newsletter, available at chrisclearfield.com slash the breakdown. Laura Stack is our editor, and our theme was composed by the creative team at Spiky Blimp. Thanks so much for listening, and be well until our next breakdown.